Good morning. It is seven minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Uh, that's 9.07. And, uh, boy, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, apparently, uh, popping this balloon has been the story of the century. It is just nonstop coverage. I, I was chatting with Brian before the show about <laughs> talking about it. Please don't. <laughs> Uh, so sick of hearing about the balloon. Okay, we shot a balloon down. Can we move on now? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's important. First, um, the administration tried to say this happened, uh, and Donald Trump didn't do anything. It's like uh, that moral equivalence argument. He did that, so we did it too. But it turns out it wasn't exactly true. Uh, Trump had no idea... Uh, it was a much smaller incursion. Nobody told him. Uh, I I was chatting with uh, Jennifer Bukowski. She was on Fox News uh, over the weekend on uh, Friday night. And I sent her uh, a message. I said, Trump would have shot it down. Uh, and now it turns out that uh, I'm probably right. We don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he would have shot the damn thing down. Before it surveilled the United States, <laughs> before it traversed the entire country oh, over it's, it's every gone bit of now. now we shoot it down. Yeah, that was smart. Yeah, uh, and frankly, this was like an index finger being poked in your chest. Have you ever? Oh yeah. You, it's like how far can I push you before you react? Uh, apparently, all the way across the country and uh, just shy of international waters. I honestly think they should have shot that down much earlier. I think it's a risk to the entire country to let this thing gather up all this information and perhaps send it to China versus uh, risking shooting it down over Montana, which uh, is apparently not particularly heavily populated and probably would have fallen harmlessly to the ground. But I... I'm perplexed at the uh, the thinking in the White House. If you were the President of the United States and you were informed that this massive balloon with spy equipment was hovering above the country, would you have ordered it shot down? Uh, they say it was over the Aleutians. That was the time. I guess it wasn't over the Aleutians for very long. And it circled around up in Canada and then uh, down into the United States. I think there was plenty of opportunity to bring it down. I think it could have been brought down pretty safely. And I don't know why they didn't. I Really, it, it, were they afraid of... Yeah, they were afraid. It, it endangered people on the ground. Was we that really what was, they were afraid yes, of? Or were they afraid, they were afraid of, of? Or were they afraid of pissing off the uh, Chinese. I don't know. You tell me. 874-9390. Toll free 800-529-5572. Would you have shot the damn thing down right away? I would have. If it were me, it would have gone right away. Um, I, I just think there were so many opportunities to bring it down. And what is this? what does this say about um, our vulnerability. Really, if this thing had had some kind of a, 
electromagnetic pulse uh, that it could have created. Um, and we talked briefly about this on Friday's show. Uh, it could have devastated the power grid. Would have really crippled America. Why would you take that chance? Why would you let it continue? I, I got to side with the Republicans on this thing. Shoot the damn thing down. There just isn't any excuse for letting it traverse the entire country. And I do think it was a poke in the chest. I think they were saying, let's just see what, uh, what this guy will do. And apparently the answer to that was uh, nothing. You also can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and it will pop up in the studio. Speaking of that, Bill said, shoot it down once it entered our airspace. And I don't disagree. I, uh, I think that's the way to go. Sam is on the line. Good morning, Sam. How are you? I'm well. Two things. First of all, if this administration will not protect our land borders, why would you think they would protect our, our uh, aerial, our airspace borders? And the other thing is, you've heard very recently released the um, the Chinese analysis of all the information um, that they were able to receive based upon the flight path of uh, that particular balloon. And their analysis was, man, that's a lot of Dollar Generals down there. <laughs> Is that what they concluded, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Good to know they spent all that time and risk uh, and came up with that. And we're selling their goods there anyway. All right, Sam, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Fred, Fred, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I saw it. Um, and if this thing was being jammed, why were they able to fly it right over the top of the Callaway County nuclear plant? Yeah, I, uh, I wondered about that jamming nonsense, too. Uh, they're supposedly uh, unable to get any information because of whatever we were supposedly doing. Uh, whatever it was, yeah. you're right. It didn't stop him from steering it. Uh, yeah, and I have one more question. What would President Truman or President Kennedy have done in that situation? I believe they would have shot it down. They would have shot it out of the sky. Yeah, I, I believe they would have uh, if the yep. technology existed back then. Uh, the Nike missile. The Nike missile would have blown that thing right out of the sky. My dad worked on them in the 50s. So they did have that technology. Interesting. All yeah, right. it, 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 the Nike missile could get up to over 70,000 feet at that time. You remember a guy named Gary Powers? Oh, yeah. Uh, he got shot down over the Soviet Union. Yeah, uh, flying a U-2 spy plane. Yeah. So the, the technology did exist uh, with uh, ground-based anti-aircraft. So we do it, too. Does that make a difference? Uh, it makes a difference because this thing loitered over our country for uh, a week or more. And it was in our face. And, and that's what makes a difference. Really like insulting, if you ask me. It's, All right, yeah, Fred. It's sticking a finger in our chest. Yeah. Fred, it's thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Sticking a finger in our chest. That's exactly what I see. Um, you know, the, the, the U-2 spy plane had a, a camera equipment. Uh, and it was just taking pictures. It wasn't transmitting information back to the United States. That that technology hadn't developed yet. This balloon, 
I don't know that they, you know, did they really stop it from transmitting? I don't know. The best solution would have been uh, to shoot it down and take no chances. Now they're out there, and, and now they're out there looking for pieces, parts in the in the ocean. Steve, good morning, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, who's to say the next one doesn't have uh, a virus in it to dis- disperse across the country to affect us, like COVID, or something that will affect our livestock or our crops? They're working on that stuff over there. The, the, so they, want, they want to see us. They they want to see us brought down. So you just shot it down right away? Yes. Yeah. Now, and I'm, like like Blaine Luktemar said this morning, they didn't have to blow it up. They could have shot the balloon, let it come down slowly, so we could have seen what was in the the payload on that thing. Yeah, I'm not so sure we have the technology to make little holes in the balloon so it dr- drifts slowly down. Uh, uh, yeah, we've got the the uh, uh, Fit cow or whatever the uh, A10 warthog carries. You think uh, you could shoot that thirty thousand feet up and hit a balloon? Yeah, I mean they had a jet that that went up that high. Well, the the, yeah. the balloon was at sixty thousand, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, we normally fly in the neighborhood of thirty to thirty five thousand. That would have been a long shot for a bullet. All well, right, I think, okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Steve. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Up against the clock. Quick break. Would you have shot it down sooner? What What do you think the message is from... <laughs> He's playing up, up and away. Oh, you <laughs> recognize that, huh? <laughs> Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 9 o'clock, and uh, we finally shot down the balloon just off the uh, South Carolina coast after it traversed the entire country. And <laughs> it Went over every sensitive site we have. We knew it was from China, but we didn't shoot it down. Um, the question is, would you have shot it down? I would have. I would have shot it down over Montana. Uh, but Alan uh, says, uh, where the hell were the Canadians? The balloon was over the Northwest Territory and the Yukon less populated than Montana. Additionally, what if it was just a weather balloon? I doubt the military uh, or slash administration would ever admit to that. Uh, what do we have here? How much money did the big guy get paid by the Chicoms to allow this? Should have been downed ASAP. And finally, uh, Sharon uh, says, how long does it take to scramble a jet? Shoot it down. It, 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 I just... Y- you want to believe that the military had this under control. You want to believe that we are the most technologically advanced country in the world, that we had uh, everything under control, that we were able to uh, make sure it didn't gather and transmit sensitive information. But I, I grow more cynical every day about the, the U.S. government and what it can do. So I, I'm not convinced that... Uh, they were as successful as they say. I hope so. I just, I'm just not convinced. Uh, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on the uh, Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, Gary. Uh, no doubt they should have shot it down right away, if not in Alaska, at least in Montana. 
and uh, they weren't sticking the uh, the finger in our chest. They were sticking up a finger telling us we're number one. And uh, secondly, uh, I had to laugh the other night. Uh, one of the news uh, guys from one of the other stations came out and said, well, you know, there was three unidentified balloons while Trump was in office. And I'm thinking, if they were unidentified, how do you know they were even a balloon? Yeah, they. Uh, that's been exposed. Uh, apparently, <laughs> nobody said anything to the administration. They said it was yeah. a minor incursion, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that's not the Trump uh, administration, so that's the Department of Defense. Yeah. Well, the guy, the guy head of our military is, uh, you know, is, is, same, is he the same guy that called up the, the Chinese, letting them know he wouldn't send off any nukes? <laughs> No, but anyway, that's I, I, you know, I'll let it go at that. Have a good one, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Eric says, Gary, that floating target would have been toast the second it hit our airspace. But what's interesting, we have technology to send telescopes to the far reaches of space, but we cannot capture something at 65,000 feet. It's just a wake-up call for other rogue nations to do something similar. Considering what's going on with the Biden family, says Kristen, uh, and their uh, crime family syndicate, I'm not surprised at all about the Biden administration allowing the balloon to survey key military bases and other installations. Wondering if Biden is working with the Chinese. Wouldn't surprise me. Wonder how many Chinese spies were able to get a hold of Hunter's laptop. Frankly, I cannot wait for this geriatric, geriatric psycho to leave office. Um... Did Brian the Liberal want to chime in on this? Uh, he stepped out for a minute, but he, he, he could be back in just a little bit. Because um, Gary oh, the Liberal isn't going to talk. I think I see him in the back room there. Let me go. Hey, right, you want to come on? Ro- I, I'm going to get Robert on the on the phone while you get him hooked up to the microphone. Okay, I'll see if I can find him. All right. Uh, Robert, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? No, I'm good. Um I would have tagged it as soon as it crossed international. Oh, something happened. We lost him. Well, that's unfortunate that we lost. Oh, what was his Brian name? Robert. Liberal. Robert. What? He he was just another one of your many conservatives on this program that just don't understand how things work in the world of the military. Joe Biden, he has a very steady hand, and he knows what he's doing. I can't believe that you conservatives constantly go after him. There was no threat from this balloon. What are you talking about? Well, um, it was a weather balloon. China is just as interested in (laughs) climate change as we are. Okay? What are Uh, you talking about? Yeah, but why would they have to fly their balloon over sensitive military installations? It just so happened that those sites got in the way. Just coincidental. Yes, it was just coincidental that... uh, you know, these sites kind of got in the way of our climate change effort to make sure that, you know, things are correct in the atmosphere. I, I see. Yeah. So uh, did this uh, weather balloon, uh, uh, Brian the Liberal, did it did it stray off course or was this the intentional? I haven't talked to the officials in the Chinese military, but I'm sure they knew what they were doing in coordinating things with our military to make sure that no one was harmed on the ground and everything was copacetic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, no. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, uh, 
Brian the Liberal, did you know for sure that there was uh, no sensitive uh, military snooping going on? Oh, no, no. Why would they snoop on the United States? We're friends with China. Well, no, They didn't no, want to do anything bad to us. We have an adversarial uh, uh No, no, no. See, that's the conservative view. That's not, that's not happening. Okay? I, Just I, trust me on this. I know. I, I know I, everything. I'm educated. You are not. I'm too stupid? You are too stupid. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me go get a phone call here. Martin is on down at Edgar Springs. Martin, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary. Um, the biggest thing, I, I know you keep saying that you have to shoot up the 30,000 feet. You don't have to. The military aircraft can fly at heights of 60,000 and 70,000 feet. Oh, can they? Good. The, uh, the, the, yeah, the SR-72 I know can go up that high. Um, the U-2, um, those are spy planes can. I don't know about the fighter jets, but I know that those planes can, and they do have some armament. So, I mean, it, that's not an issue that you can get up to it and, I mean, shoot it down directly. But what was the point of NORAD because NORAD I thought was supposed to be the Cold War program that was supposed to prevent the Soviets from bringing like from doing anything like this in the US and Canada so what is the point of it is it does it detect balloons what's the point of NORAD then if we can't even see a balloon well they I saw knew, the balloon really, they saw the balloon they nobody did anything about it I just don't understand it. I, I, I just, I, as soon as they went into Alaska, they should have immediately said, okay, there's something wrong here. It's, this is the sovereign American territory. Shoot it down. It's not like it's a territory or some other far-flung place. It's Alaska. It's right here. As soon as you go through Canada, boom. Look, it went right into Montana. It's like I don't, I don't understand why they couldn't have just shot it down in the first place. It's, it's they, they would do that with anything else. Oh, but it's the Chinese. Oh, we can't touch it. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Martin. Thank you. And by the way, uh, Chris apparently agrees the balloon should have been shot down before it entered our airspace in Alaska. If nothing else, it was a hazard to our aviation. It could have, uh, it could have fallen from the sky and hit someone, uh, especially because it was uh, spying on us. I thought NORAD's job was detecting incoming threats, but it's starting to look... Like, all they can do is track Santa Claus. Yeah, every year we hear Santa Claus being tracked by NORAD. Uh, let me get a couple more of these done. Uh, if, they could steer it, uh, if they could steer it, they got data. I believe it was a test run for an EMP. Also, Rick Combs was on this morning's uh, show uh, saying that uh, we don't fly F-15s out of Lambert uh, at, anymore. And I know for a fact that's not correct. I'm still, I'm in St. Louis every day. The airport is constant uh, F-15s taking off and tracking. Uh, being a commander-in-chief, Biden could have overrid the Pentagon, shot it down uh, once it entered airspace. I think he was afraid he'd uh, get a pay cut from the Chinese. Uh, let's see. All right, I got, I got, a, I got a clock problem here, folks. Uh, we are uh, right up against the news. Mike Pompeo. Would anybody think Pompeo could make a good president? We're going to talk about uh, some of your money that they're going to give away. And John Stossel interviewed Mike Pompeo. 
Why don't you hear some of the things he had to say? That's coming up on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. So I think the consensus is we'd have shot that damn thing down and we would have uh, done it much sooner than uh, the administration did. Uh, and I'm not sure why they were so, was it they were afraid of offending the uh, the Chinese? Uh, was it really a matter of, uh, I guess, uh, being concerned about the ground? I don't think, I really don't think, as much as I just dislike Biden, I don't think it was fear of offending the Chinese. I just think he's risk averse. And I mean that politically. I mean, I think he risked national security because he was afraid if they had dropped that thing and it landed on someone's house, it would look bad for him politically. I think that was the thinking. And I think that thinking was wrong. I think they had plenty of opportunities to drop it. Could have done it uh, with pretty relative safety. And I think instead they completely endangered the national security, the whole country, by letting this thing float. And he sent the wrong message. The message is, if China does this again, and they do it with a device that would uh, create an EMP or some chemical weapon or some other threat to the United States, he wouldn't stop it until it got off off the coast. That's my conclusion. Uh, and I think it was just a poor decision for the commander-in-chief, who frankly had other options. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this. Uh, John Stossel interviews uh, Mike Pompeo. And Pompeo says some very interesting things. He's considering, everybody thinks, throwing his hat in the ring to run for president. So what kind of Republican would Pompeo be? I just had a strange experience. I interviewed a politician, potential presidential candidate, and he actually said some things that surprised me. Hi, I'm Michael Richard Pompeo. Do solemnly Mike Pompeo ran the CIA, then became Secretary of State. We talked because he just released this book. Pompeo calls himself a deficit hawk. Since America's going broke, we could use more deficit hawks. But Republicans like him have been hypocrites about spending. Would Pompeo admit that? Republicans under Trump spent more, increased the deficit. Guilty as charged. Really? A politician who admits that. My party has been no more serious about actually delivering solutions to this problem than the Democrat Party. That's unusually honest. He also didn't dodge the fact that Social Security and Medicare are going broke. They're unsustainable. I tell my son, you need to make sure you work hard. <laughs> right? The, the, the math suggests that somehow these trust funds run out about the time my son Nick uh, will be turning to Social Security to look for his money. But what do you do? Raise raise retirement ages? There's nothing that should be off the table. Chicken! That's brave. Voters vilify politicians who suggest changes. This Democrat was hounded by seniors for proposing they pay a little more for Medicare. They surrounded his car and screamed at him. When Republican Paul Ryan suggested similar reforms, opponents called the ideas radical and depicted him pushing grandma off a cliff. 
entitlement reform never happened. Presidents of both parties reject any change. Under no circumstances should Republicans vote to cut a single penny from Medicare or Social Security. Or a promise, a promise we made as a country. But when that promise was made, most Americans didn't even live to age 65. Now we live an average 76 years, and old people like me selfishly refuse to die. Secretary Pompeo is the rare politician who will admit something's got to change. I, I hear all this debate about the Republicans are going to destroy Medicare, are going to destroy Social Security. I've actually seen Republicans take up this narrative, too. Every vote I've cast protects and preserves benefits for seniors like mom. That's right. I've been watching. So we need to work to save these structures. Then Pompeo surprised me again. Pompeo, a staunch conservative. Staunch conservatives usually say we have to spend more on the military. Pompeo didn't. There's no need to spend more money than we're spending today. Here's another surprise. Pompeo calls Vladimir Putin a thug. He criticized China's leaders so much that President Trump told him, shut the hell up about China. And he called North Korea's dictator a sweating, evil mass murderer. Yet who does Pompeo say is the most dangerous person in the world? None of these dictators. Randy Weingarten is the most dangerous person in the world. Randy Weingarten. The teachers union boss, the most in the, the world, most more, the most dangerous, more than in the Putin. World. Yep. Um, you know, it's a close call on some of these things. We'll figure out Putin. We'll, we'll figure out Xi Jinping. You teach kids that America is a racist nation. You you teach kids that groups matter more than individuals. You teach them. You teach kids that there's an oppressor class and that somehow America is the most indecent nation in the history of the world. You're done. So, given the problems in America's schools, what would he do about them? I assumed he'd have some aggressive plans, but no, he just said... I would speak about it often. That surprised me. He'd just speak about it. Unlike other politicians, he didn't say, I'll fix it. We set aside over $4 billion in the Recovery Act to promote improvements in schools. No child will be left behind. But Pompeo actually says the Constitution puts limits on federal power. So when it comes to education, get the federal government out of that and we will let these states begin to have the power to control the decisions that they make for their own students. Instead of having some knucklehead bureaucrat at the U.S. Department of Education drive education policy out of Washington, D.C. Who would be in charge of teaching kids? School boards, school superintendents, teachers uh, and governors. Finally, a political candidate says, not my job. Not my job. Not my job. Should America abolish the Department of Education? Yeah, you should get rid of it. Wow, a politician actually opened a shrinking federal power. We talked for almost an hour and Pompeo kept surprising me. He also ticked me off. I'll release our full interview next week. Wow. So, I mean, that is surprising uh, for, uh, for somebody like Ma Mike Pompeo. I'm really, really surprised. I'll be curious to hear the rest of that interview. We'll bring it to you next week. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. James is on the line. Good morning, James. How are you? Hey, good morning, Gary. And I didn't hear the start of your show, so I may have missed it, but uh, I'm sure you know this. Today is the greatest president we've ever had, Ronald Reagan, his birthday today. Yeah, interesting. Born in 1911. And we know what he would have done on the balloon. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Ronald Reagan, uh, my hero, one of my heroes. I uh, don't have a whole lot of heroes. My father's one of them, too. 
and my son and my kids and uh, but uh, just wanted to shout out to the greatest president ever but uh, I never felt safer during the 80s under Ronald Reagan you'll be interested to know there is a new book coming out uh, a buddy of mine Craig Shirley he's written a couple of books on uh, President Reagan has written a new book dealing with um, his thinking how he was thinking what he was thinking uh, and and Craig is a meticulous researcher. That book is scheduled to come out soon. I talked to Craig over the weekend. I'll bring him on, and uh, we'll see if we can get him to uh, tip some information on it, okay? He's a pretty conservative guy. I mean, is, is his slant going to be pretty conservative? Uh, actually, Reagan, I mean, Craig, is, uh, Craig is kind of a, a Republican uh, with a small L. Um, he's he's a small, a small, okay. small okay. Well, and Reagan was, too. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, in some way. And Reagan wasn't perfect, but... Right. But, uh... But he sure he, knew how to communicate the message of small... The thing government. that stands out to me about Reagan the most, and I worked for his campaign in 1980, but he was a leader. When he stepped off that helicopter and when he saluted, you felt like your country was really being led by somebody with strength and integrity. And... Integrity. and you know, I haven't seen that in the past. I mean, of course, with Clinton and Obama, but, you know, it's just he was a leader and yeah, he took I would, down the I Soviet would say Union. He was certainly um, one, I would say he was one of the top five presidents of all time, certainly the top president of uh, his uh, century, the 20th century. I, I agree with that. I think uh, he's the greatest president ever, but that's just, that's just my uh, opinion. I, think I wish the Republican Party would change the name of Lincoln Days to Reagan Days. Yeah, I think George Washington uh, was, frankly, the best president because he had the opportunity to mold the country in any direction he wanted. The Europeans couldn't believe that he would give it up because they were so used to monarchies and dictators. And yeah, he I, said, I, I agree with that. I, I think, you know, he was the first one and he kind of set the mold and kind of set the standard. And, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some thought yeah. to that. I just, you know, I'm just, I, I just liked Reagan and after, you know, the Vietnam War and Nixon and Gerald Ford, you know, Reagan to me really turned this country around and rebuilt the military. Now look where we're going. We're going the opposite direction, but, yeah. but enough right. on that, Gary, I just wanted to shout out to his pres being pre his, his birthday today yeah. and, uh, have a great day, man. All right, James. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show. Yeah. He set the Washington set the stage. Uh, until uh, FDR screwed the pooch uh, and came up with his own, uh, you know, I'll just keep running for re-election to hell with what, w the way it was done before. All right, uh, we've got we've to stop for Uno Momento, and uh, we'll come back. They're spending your money. We'll, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. That's next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It happens all the time, and nobody ever questions it. Good morning. It is 951 Gary Nolan Show. And I, I'm just, they had a devastating earthquake in Turkey. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of damage done, a lot of people uh, killed and injured. And apparently, uh, Jake Sullivan, he's the U.S. National Security Advisor, said that uh, we, the federal government of the United States, are profoundly concerned at reports of the devastating quake. And that we were ready at the federal level to provide whatever assistance was needed. President Biden directed USAID and other agencies to assess response options. So, 
you are being forced to pay for aid to Turkey. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't feel sorry for, for the Turks. Uh, but instead of quickly running a charity call, uh, which would have been done 100 years ago and done very well, the government has decided they're going to spend your money the way they see fit. They're going to be generous with your money. And I remind you that we are at $31.5 trillion in debt. I do feel sorry for the people in Turkey, but the government can't afford to give away money they don't have. Somewhere along the line, someone's going to have to produce the money out of whole cloth, which makes the American dollar weaker. The money in your pocket doesn't, doesn't go as far. And we're already suffering uh, horribly because of the inflation. And it's going to get worse because of this. They're, they're deciding you will be generous at the federal level. But wait, there's more. On February 3rd, the Department of Defense announced $2.175 billion in, quote, additional security assistance for Ukraine raising the total value of assistance provided to $29.3 billion since Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine, February 24th, 2022. Again, I remind you, we're, you know, at 31-plus trillion dollars in debt, but the Department of Defense has decided another couple of billion dollars to go to another country. Makes my head explode. Uh, we're not taking this debt problem seriously. And it is a serious problem. If, you've, if you're among those people who feel sorry for what's going on, uh, for, for the suffering that Ukraine is going through, open your wallet and send what you will. But... The government shouldn't be able to take your money and send it off like, oh, aren't we the generous ones? It's not in their, it's not in their wheelhouse. You, you show me the part of the U.S. Constitution, the operating manual for the federal government, where it says we have the right <clears throat> to collect taxes, pardon me, and give it to anybody we want. If the founding fathers wanted that to happen, they'd have written it in there. I assure you they did not. But that's okay. We look generous because we're giving this money away. Oh, those Americans are so wonderful. They're just so generous. Bravo, Sierra, my friends. Bravo, Sierra. Uh, CNN has a piece, and I want to run this because I didn't, I didn't tell Brian we were going to go here, but I, I'm going to run this past Brian. Um, Apparently, uh, Maryland is, according to CNN, and this is the uh, this is the headline, striking a blow at the absurd culture of overwork. Uh, statewide lawmakers have a bill that would, according to CNN, incentivize companies to move to a four day work week, offering seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in tax breaks for organizations 
that move a sufficient number of employees over to a four-day, 32-hour-a-week schedule. Really? A four-day where the government is getting... Uh, in the last few decades, this editorial at CNN goes, uh, American work life has undergone a revolution. Technology has made our jobs more desk-bound and more efficient. Automation has replaced many forms of manual labor. Working women, once an anomaly, are a standard part of the workforce. This is more diverse and better educated than any other point in American history. They go on to say American workers are remarkably productive, but while they have spent the last 50 years steadily producing more and more, real wages haven't risen at the same rate. What, what, is this some genius economist who doesn't understand that except for the inflation, uh, the price of goods has actually, in real terms, gone down? But anyway, it seems technological innovations have just made us more tethered to machines and devices, while machines also threaten to take over the creative works. Uh, we're working harder than ever. The only reason a five-day, 40-hour work week feels normal and necessary is because we've made it that way. So they, they think that a five-day, 40-hour week is too much. Is too much. <laughs> uh, I would like to do a five-day, 40-hour work week. Can we would, do that? Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it would. Uh, that would be a considerable cut. I don't know anybody who gets... Really, I don't. I don't know anybody who is successful that works 40 hours a week. Everybody I know that's successful works way more than that. If they own their own business, they're working seven days a week. There's, if there's a piece from Elon Musk about how, 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 what his day is like, and it's essentially work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, that's all he does. That's what successful people have to do. And if you look back at the history of this country, when we were an agricultural community, and, and I suspect in the farming community it works the same way today as it did 100 years ago. These, these farmers are up at the break of dawn and working until sundown. And, and, and that's the way life worked going back as far as you can imagine. A 40-hour work week is a pretty light work week by historical standards. But that's not enough. This Democrat wants a 30-hour work week. So, Brian, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, I'm me, too. I don't oh know who's going to take over, but I, I'm thinking no one will notice. <laughs> oh, well, they, that's because you'd be hosting. Yeah. Uh, it's the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show.